Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. offering. Come on, can we give God the biggest clap offering? Amen. Jojo, you're going to make me cry before I preach. What he didn't tell you is that he drank all my water and ate all my eggs. I'd wake up thinking I got some eggs, just came back from the gym. I'd go on my, open up my refrigerator and where are all the eggs at? I, I swore I went to Costco yesterday. But now it's such an honor to be here with you guys and such an honor to be here this, this whole week. It's going to be amazing and just um, want to take this time to honor Pastor Jacob and Pastor Michelle. They are the best. You know, today, um, the era in which we're living in, it's not how great your ministry is. If you, if you think about the era that Pastor Jacob came from was people built ministries around their names. You have Joyce Meyer Ministries. You have Kenneth Copeland Ministries. You have Rod Parsley Ministries. Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. And there's a new era that's coming that ministry isn't built around your name. It's built around a vision. And the thing that attracted me to this place was I found a man who was willing to build a church on a vision rather than a voice. And I kept on asking him, why don't you video into every place? And I'll never forget we were sitting at it was called, the, it's the coffee shop. It used to be called the lab. And he said, because I just want to give everybody the opportunity that I had. That's what true leadership is. And that's why you have great senior pastors and Pastor Jacob and Pastor Michelle. Amen. Do we honor them today? Amen. And Pastor Joseph and Pastor Michelle, it's amazing. I, I'm, me and my wife, were, he was up here doing tithes and offerings and my wife, goes, man, he's grown up. I'm like, man, I did a good job, huh? No, I'm just... Why don't you stand to your feet for the opening of God's word and 1 Samuel chapter 15. I, I really believe this is a word from the Lord. And um, it says, Samuel said, has the Lord as great as a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than that of fat of rams. I want to take the next few minutes and talk to you about the battle between two extremes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation and give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message... We will never be the same in Jesus' name. And all the people that woke up late to come to the 11 o'clock service say amen. <laughs> amen. You may be seated today in the name of the Lord. There's no doubt about it that 
our lives are always between two extremes. And that is that we all came to Christ broken, hurting, some sense lost. And yet we found ourselves and discovered that there was actually more in our lives. And we began to trust the process in which God had given us. And when we started here, we didn't know what we would become over there. And yet over here, because we didn't have nothing, we were desperate. We were always faithful. You would be faithful to God's house. Never miss a Sunday. You'd be faithful to what he would say. And that here led the transformation of you becoming here. And over here, you're successful. Over here, there's real, there's no evidence of on your life of what you came out of. It's why often you would tell your story and people would be mesmerized and say, nah, not you. You didn't live that kind of life. What they're really telling you is that there's no proof anymore. I can't visibly see the evidence that you had that. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They came out without even the scent of smoke. It's the way God transforms you. You can no longer be defined by what you came out of. You're now defined by who you are in Christ today. And so we live between these two extremes. And this is what happened to Saul. Saul was a nobody. And then he became somebody. Saul had nothing. And now he, over here, he had everything. Saul over here lived in a tent. But the Saul over there lived in a palace. And one day God speaks to Samuel the prophet to tell Saul, I want, you, I want Saul to go out and destroy the Amaleks. Now, to bring context, the Amaleks attacked Israel 400 years prior when they were at their darkest and most vulnerable. It leads me to, to tell you that God never forgets the attacks that come against you. Even though they may have not been dealt with, God always knows the perfect timing because vengeance always belongs to God. And so Samuel prays over Saul and a grace came upon him. And the grace that came upon Saul over here would bring him the success that he would have here. And that grace that came upon him was a grace that could defeat 
a nation that Israel could not have done the last 400 years. I believe that the grace that's about to come upon the church in 2024 is going to defeat the devils that you couldn't defeat in 2023. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I'm just warming up right now. And there's a grace that's going to come upon you that in some sense is going to take you here and it's going to bless you enough to take you over there. And God says, I want to warn you before I bless you because I don't want you to fall into the same trap that, that, that Saul fell into. You see, the reality is, is that Saul was given the assignment to go and abolish the nation of the Amaleks. And anytime God gives you an assignment, he gives you an anointing. And the Bible says that Saul actually spared the king. He knew that the king, if he would be spared, would, would build him a statue. He, he, he saved the best animals, yet God told him to destroy it all. See, the truth is, is that partial obedience is complete disobedience. And part of the reason why you haven't experienced the fullness of God's blessing is because you're still living by selective obedience. I choose what I want to obey because I struggle with what I should obey. And yet we don't know how to define that. And this is why Samuel lands up going back to Saul and says, the Lord had awakened me because you disobeyed him. And Saul begins to negotiate. You know you're in trouble when you begin to negotiate with God. When God says, I told you you were supposed to do this and you only came halfway. And so the Bible says that Samuel told Saul, the grace that you have is going to be lifted. And you will no longer be the king of Israel. So what does God do? God was willing to overlook a king to choose someone that was overlooked by man. And he went somewhere that not even his father would go. And he found this little boy in the back of a shepherd field. He saw that when he fought a lion and he defeated it, there was no accolades or an applause from the people. He saw him fight a bear. And after defeating the bear, he didn't receive no accolades or no applause. He still served the Lord with all his heart. And God said, okay, the same young boy 
that was overlooked by man will not be overlooked by me. Because what I'm about to do is I'm going to put a grace on someone that I took a grace off of because the person that had the grace first only loved me with his head. But the one that I'm about to put a grace on will love me with my heart. And that is why God said of David that he said of no one else, this is a man that's after my own heart. He wasn't speaking to his ability and he wasn't speaking to his worship. He was speaking to his obedience. This is a man that I know will obey me. And God took him from the back of the fields into the palace in which David would begin the lineage of Jesus because of one thing. He was willing to live by obedience and not sacrifice. Isn't it amazing that when you're over here and you just got saved and man, you are loving Jesus that you just can't wait to get up in the morning and read your Bible and get in the Word and put on some worship music, light that candle. And then you see the Word working for you and the Word working with you. And according to Isaiah 55, the Word goes before you and accomplishes what the Word has been sent out to do. And then now all of a sudden you're over here and you're, you, you know, you're, you're tired and, 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 and you're successful and you're worn out. And, 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 and God's saying, well, well, what happened to my time? It's amazing what we first started with obedience now becomes a sacrifice. Let me rewind that. It's amazing what we start off with obedience now becomes a sacrifice. You were broke here, you were broken. You were hurting. And then you came to the house of God because you were obedient. Then you gave your hurts and your pains and your brokenness because you were obedient. And then all of a sudden, you're transforming into everything God has has always dreamed of you being. And now Sunday church becomes an option? When it used to be obedience? So now, church is a sacrifice? Prayer time is a sacrifice? Reading your word is a sacrifice? You remember when you didn't have nothing in your cupboards? And you were desperate and saying, God, just bless me. And God says, watch what I'm going to do. And then it's giving time and now it's a sacrifice? Are you that crazy to sit there and say, the grace that was given on me here, now that it got me over here, I'm willing to think that it was my ability rather than my anointing? Do I really believe that it was, listen, it was was my, my strength and my power to get me over here when it was all of God that opened up the doors for you and made you whole and blessed your socks off? And now all of a sudden, we're like, oh man, this is, the, the, you know, this is sacrifice. Obedience got you there. We got to stop 
calling a sacrifice what really is obedience. Prayer time shouldn't be a sacrifice of your time. It should be obedience. Come on, church on Sunday, that shouldn't be a sacrifice of your time. It should just be obedience. You see, the reality is, is that if we're not careful, we'll allow what God has blessed us to sabotage it. So this is why in Deuteronomy chapter 28, in your Bible, and it says the blessing and curse, but in the original translation, it really is the laws of obedience. It's why he talks nothing about fruit. That's all. This is, you're going to get blessed and you're going to do this. And you do. It's all the results of choosing to obey. Everybody wants the fruits, but no one pays attention to the roots. We all want the blessing, but we struggle to obey. So what is obedience? Obedience is, is in a simple term just means hearing God's word and acting on it. That, that's what it means. In other words, obedience doesn't begin with an action. It begins with the word. So let me tell you why most Christians struggle with obedience. Not because you don't want to. It's because you stop at just the first thing. You see, obedience begins by hearing it. That's what obedience means. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here's the law of obedience. It says, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the what? The voice. It doesn't say obey the action. Obey the what? Obey the voice. Of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commandments which the Lord I command you today. And look, and it goes on to say this. That the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, comma, because. Everyone say because. Not your talent, not your ability, not your career, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. This is why God blesses you. God doesn't bless you because you're gifted. God doesn't bless you because you're talented. God blesses you because you obey him. So the measure of your success is attached to your measure of obedience. Come on, talk to me somebody, because I'm gonna break this down right now. The more I obey him, the more successful I become. It's not where I work, it's not my job, because he's not job Jireh, he's Jehovah Jireh. At the end of the day, it's not my career, it's not my ability or my inability. The more I obey the voice of God, the more God begins to bless me with everything that he wants to bless me with. Come on, talk. So watch this. It begins with hearing it. And most people just come to church and say, well, that was a great message. No, all you did was hear it. Faith cometh by hearing, but hearing by the word of God. But how many of you know faith just doesn't move mountains, believing does. The Bible says if you believe with your heart. So faith is the initiator. So most people sit there, oh, I'm going to guard my heart. No, no, you need to guard your ears. 
Because nothing gets to your heart nor gets to your mind unless it goes through your ears. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if that's true, then it must be the opposite. Doubt cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of man. So, 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 so how, do, how do I obey God? I hear it, and then in my heart, I receive it. So when you come to church and you say amen, preach, pastor. You're saying, I received that. I received that. I heard it, and I receive it. You can't apply what you don't receive. You tell your kids Take out the trash. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, hey, take out the trash. And then an hour later, you're like, can you take out the trash? I see all of your head nodding your head, right? It's not that they didn't hear it. They didn't receive it. You cannot apply what you don't receive. Your struggle is not hearing. Your struggle is receiving. By you sitting there saying, that's a word for me. That's a scripture for me. So I hear it with my ears. I receive it in my heart. And then I believe it in my mind. And once I hear it in my ears and receive it in my heart and believe it with my mind, then all of a sudden I can obey it with my actions. So obedience becomes easy when I hear it with my ears, receive it in my heart, believe it in my mind, and then all of a sudden it just becomes natural to, ob- to obey what I just heard, what I just received, and now what I think. That's why Solomon says, for what a man thinketh, so is he. Because every one of us is a byproduct of what we've heard. Because what we've heard causes us to think. Because all thoughts are, are just silent words. Most people struggle because it's what you've been told all your life. Most people sit there and, 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 and will never believe that they can get to the top because it's what you're told all your life. I wouldn't be standing on this platform if my mother was agreeing with my sin. My mother never called me a drug addict. She never called me a dropout. She never called me an alcoholic. I'd come home four o'clock in the morning high as a kite, floating. And I'd open up, my mom would open up the door and she'd say, how my preacher doing? And I'm like, mama, I ain't no preacher, I'm a gangster. I'm not no preacher. How am a preacher doing? I ain't no preacher. Stop calling me a preacher. Boy, when you was in my womb, God prophesied. Where am I preaching? How am I preaching? She would always call those things that be not as though they were. Because see, at the end of the day, she wasn't agreeing with what she saw. Why? Because she heard the word of the Lord. She received the word of the Lord. She believed the word of the Lord. And she obeyed the word of the Lord. And the reason why I'm on this stage today is because I had a mama that was willing to call those things that be not as though they already were. I tell my kids all the time, you'll be successful in everything you'll ever put your hands to. But there is one thing you'll never be successful at. 
you'll never be a successful sinner. Because you can't. Because your life has been dedicated, your life has been marked. I'm praying over you every single day, and God won't allow you to be a successful sinner. So you can see all your friends, and they'll be all successful sinners, but that ain't going to happen to you. Because at the end of the day, you're only called to be successful when it comes to the plans and the purposes that God has for you. So if, I, if I'm going to hear it, receive it, believe it, then obey it, then... What does God say about me? Because that's what usually we obey. For instance, when that young man came up to you and said, hey, baby, you look good. You're like, I do. I look good. You didn't care about your makeup and your life. No, no, no. All of a sudden someone tell you that's cute. You start listening to their voice. Hey, baby, I like you. Ooh, yeah, 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 right. So you heard it, then you received it, then you started to believe it. And the next thing you know, whatever they told you was true until they took you down the wrong path. And then you sit there and you go, why did I obey them? No, no, no. The obedience was the action. You should have stopped believing when the first time they lied to you. Then you wouldn't receive. And then sometimes you got to tell people, I just can't hear it no more. See, the thing is, is that you're a byproduct of what you hear. So I want to know, well, what does Jesus say about me? Well, first thing he says that you're a new creation. When Jesus calls you a new creation, what he's really, really telling you is that you don't have permission to act like you used to. That's what happened to the children of Israel. It took God one night to deliver them and and get them out of Egypt. It took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. What was supposed to take them 11 days took them 40 years, which always lets me know you don't have a choice what wildernesses you go through, but you do have a choice how long you stay there. Come on, are you hearing me? Listen, he says, you're an heir to the blessing of Abraham. What? You mean the multiplying upon multiplying and blessing upon, yep, Galatians chapter 3 verse 14, you're an heir to the blessing of Abraham. What? No, no. See, what he's basically telling you, you don't have an excuse to punish your future for what you went through in your past. At the end of the day, you got to stop telling yourself, well, I didn't have it. My dad left me. I didn't grow up from the best home. No, 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 no. Your blessing doesn't come just from your natural parents. It comes from the blessing that God's placed on you because you're an heir to Abraham. Listen, the Bible says that you're an overcomer, which means you don't have permission to be overwhelmed. Because why would God take you here and bring you success over there just to be overwhelmed when you've been called to overcome? Here's another one. God calls you to be an imitator of God, according to Ephesians 5.1, which means he gives you no excuse not to be kind. He just didn't give you his image. He gave you his likeness, which means we ought to act like him. Hello, somebody. 2024 is the year that we rebuke rudeness. Come on. He also said about you. You can accomplish all things, not some things, all things. 
which means there's never going to be nothing in front of you this year that he has not deemed that you don't have the faith to overcome it. Hello? So stop telling yourself, well, we just can't do it. You're right. You can't. But with the grace that comes upon you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's the God we serve. So God gives us these seven laws of obedience out of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm going to get this done as quick as I can. The first law that he gives you is a professional blessing. It's a professional blessing. That means you'll be recognized for your skills and your expertise with no need for self-promotion. You don't got to go around promoting yourself. You don't got to, oh, look at me, look at me. No, no, no. God's favor will open up the eyes of others, and they'll be drawn to you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 3, your towns and your fields will be blessed. I didn't say that. The Lord said it. The second law is household blessing. It's the blessing your spouse and your children will benefit from your reflected favor. So when your children come home and they're blessed, you just tell them to thank you. <laughs> Mom, you don't understand. I got, something happened to me at work and I got a raise. You ought to thank me. Because you're living off of my reflected favor. Come on, I, I'm, am I preaching truth or what? See, you don't believe me. Well, let me, let me show you in the word. Verse 4. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. So I always remind my children the reason why you're blessed is because I'm blessed. And you wouldn't be blessed if I wasn't blessed. So you are walking in a divine favor that some of your friends ain't going to walk in because their parents ain't walking in divine favor. So you ought to wake up every day expecting God's about to do something great in your life because that's the way I wake up every morning expecting God to do something great in my life. Here's the third blessing. The third law, it's supernatural provision. Here's the blessing. You won't lack anything you need. He doesn't tell you he'll give you everything you want. He'll just tell you you'll have everything you need. The Bible says it, your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. Here's number four, opportunities every day. That's a law, opportunities every day. Here's the blessing. The routines of life, which grind so many down, will invigorate you and bring you supernatural opportunities. I'm a pastor. And this supernatural opportunity came to me a couple years ago. And here I was this past Thursday at the executive offices of Google selling my product. They're taking it. Everybody else is. And when I pulled up to the parking lot, this voice started speaking. You don't belong here. You don't belong here. You're a pastor. And then thoughts started going. Man, when they ask me what I do, God, I don't, I don't, you know, I'll just, I'll do it at that moment. And the Lord said, what? What are you talking about? You tell them. You got a hold of this technology because you are a pastor. And you tell them that. 
So then I got out of my car and I started speaking to myself, Obed, you belong here. Obed, you belong here. If your steps are ordered of the Lord, you belong here. You didn't get here on your ability. You got here on my anointing. Okay? You belong here. So we walked in the meeting. They went around greeting as they normally do. And they came to me and they said, well, 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 well you know, you're the chairman of this company. What do you do? I'm a pastor. The wind came out the room. How did you get this? The favor of God. God looked at me. Okay. The favor of God. After our meeting, we were leaving for lunch. The executive that led the meeting was, was with me. Everybody else was in front of me. He taps me on my shoulder and he says, I've been on this whole journey of faith. It's very rare you find someone in this field that's open about their faith. I know I was there for a reason. I wasn't there just because of an ability. There was an assignment because there was an anointing. See, that's why he says, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be what? I said, you will be what? So in 2024, grace is going to bring you before doors that in your own ability, you can't walk through. And you remind yourself, I'm supposed to be here. I'm and I'm going to be blessed out. And at the end of the day, wherever I go and whatever I do, come on, somebody, I will be blessed in Jesus' name. I feel the anointing right now, boy. See, Goliath to Israel was a giant warrior. But to David, it was a giant opportunity. You have a grace on your life this year to open up doors that you couldn't do in 2023, to kill demons you couldn't do in 2023. It's a grace that's on your life this year. The fifth is divine health, not healing, health. It's walking in health so that you don't need healing. Hello, somebody which means you will carry yourself with the energy and the anointing of a child of the king resulting in divine opportunities to witness his faithfulness to others. Look what it says. If you obey the commands of the Lord and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that your people claimed by the Lord. And watch this. And they will stand in awe, not of him. They're going to stand in awe of. They're going to stand in awe of. They're going to stand in awe of. Because they're going to look at you and see what's on you. And they cannot comprehend. How do you have that on you? When I'm looking at your life and I'm looking at your ability. Because at the end of the day, favor will take your places and open up doors with your own ability. It cannot be done. But I'm here to prophesy to you, OSC, that 2024 is going to be the year that God's about to do what you cannot see, what you cannot comprehend. He's about to open up doors of blessing upon your life that people will not understand that it's actually able to be done by a, by a believer in Jesus' name. We are supposed to be blessed. We are supposed to be people of favor. 
It's who we are. Watch this, I got two more. Number six, uncommon legacy. This isn't me, this is the word. It says your family and your estate and your business will supernaturally increase. You shall be a lender and not a borrower. That's not obed, that's the word. Look what it says, the Lord will give you an abundance in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, which we saw, numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time for his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will land to many nations, but you'll have no need to borrow from them. Say, I receive that. That's how I receive. That God, you're about to, you're about to open up doors that I've been knocking on for years. And they're just going to open up this year. Why? What's the difference? Because you choose to walk in full obedience. And here's number seven, supernatural advancement. Here it is. You'll be elevated to a position of favor and leadership among your peers. If you listen to these commands, you hear it. Of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and you carefully obey them, receive it and believe it. Then look what he says. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always be on the top and never at the bottom in Jesus' name. That's the word. There it is. Here's your scripture. I'm telling you, here's your scripture. Here's your scripture. It's right here. This is the kind of year you're going to have because you walk in full obedience. Psalm 65, 11. You crown the year with the fruitful harvest. The paths are worn down by carts, overflowing with unstoppable growth. When the world is going through chaos this year because of elections and the world is going through all this kind of stuff, there's going to be a remnant of believers that God is raising and elevating. And they're going to look at your business. They're going to look at your life. And they're going to say, how in the world are you? I got unstoppable growth this year in 2024. That's the God we serve. Here's why. You'll have unstoppable growth, unified family, unlimited blessings, and unmerited favor. A few months ago, I was at Hobby Lobby. And again, I'm sitting there, and Mr. Green, David Green, the owner, one of six kids, all five were called into ministry. His brothers and sisters are still in ministry today. And yet God called him to be a merchant. And he would go to his mama and daddy and say, why did God call me to be a merchant? How come he didn't call me to ministry? And so I asked him, I said, Mr. Green, What's the secret sauce? Like, like, what is it? And he took me in his car. He says, jump in my car. Jump in the car with him. And he takes me. And if you've ever been to Hobby Lobby headquarters in Oklahoma City, it's seven miles long. Not seven acres, seven miles. And he's driving me in each building. 
showing me. And then we get to a stop sign and he goes past it and he turns around and he parks. He says, you see that building? It's seven acres. That's a livestock building. That building over there is a lumber building and that building over there is a steel building. They're all seven acres and they're all necessities. Look at Obed. I got seven miles and Hobby Lobby is just commodities. He goes, you want to know what the secret sauce is? I said, sermon. Yes! <laughs> he said, it changed my life. He said, well, first of all, I never got into business to make money. I got into business to give it away. What? This year, I mean last year, Hobby Lobby gave $509 million away to nonprofits. $509 million. $509 million. And you want to know? You want to know what people ask him all the time? How come you give all that money away? Why don't you just put it back in your business? He says, because they can't build strip malls fast enough. So then he goes, he tells me, he says, Obed, when I got into business, I just said, Lord, I just want to put a Bible in every person's hand. So he opened up his first shop. It was 600 square feet. He had three old Bibles in his house. He grabbed them. The first three customers that came in, he gave them Bibles. Because they didn't even buy picture frames. They just gave them Bibles. So then the next week he goes to church and he has to do an announcement. He says, anybody have any old Bibles? Can you please give them to me? Well, people started bringing in the Bibles. And the first year he gave 100 Bibles away. The second year he started buying them. He gave 1,000. The third year, he gave 5,000. And every year, he was putting Bibles in people's hands. One day, these two little young guys start walking his office and say, Mr. Green, we have this little technology thing. It's called the Bible app. But we don't have no money. Would you be willing to fund it? Years later, 800 million downloads all because he sat there and he says God all I want to do is put a Bible in people's hands and then and then 2012 he was here with one little store and now he's over here thousands and there's a battle between two extremes and they said for every employee Obamacare you have to give the right for your employees to have an abortion pill and he says I won't do it what did he do he wouldn't compromise the conviction and the obedience he had here to become a sacrifice over here and what happens? 
he goes to the Supreme Court. And as he's in court, one day he tells all his lawyers, I'm just going to go for a walk. He goes for a walk. And he sees a building. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him in the middle of the Supreme Court case by the building. He said, Lord, I am in the middle of a Supreme Court case by the building. He picks up his phone, calls his real estate office, says, there's this building, here's the address. The Lord spoke to me, we need to buy it. I don't care what it cost us, we need to buy it. That Friday, he wins the Supreme Court case. That Monday, he's in his office. His secretary says, sir, there's these two archaeologists that are here to see you. They've got things they want to show you. He says, sure, bring them in. He comes in. They said, sir, God told us to come to you. We have all these artifacts of the Bible, but we don't have no place to put them. And that of one man's obedience that never became a sacrifice, right there in Washington, D.C., in the middle of all the chaos, is the Bible Museum. Come on, are you hearing me today? He's telling me this in the car. He says, now I'm going to tell you. Obed, what God has given you is going to bless so many. So he tells me. He says, you want to know why I'm closed on Sundays? I said, why? He says, I go to church. And I want all my employees to, too. He goes, but many years ago, when we were blowing up, and God spoke to me and says, never work on a Sunday, because it's my day. He said, I had all these investors come. They wanted to put so much money into Hobby Lobby, and they had one request. Would you be open on Sundays? And he stood between two extremes. What started off with obedience, would it become a sacrifice? And he looked at them and he says, you'd have to kill me for me to be open on Sundays. Because if you wouldn't kill me, the Lord will. Because I have covenant with him. Come on, talk to me, somebody. What am I saying? OSC. God's about to bless you like you've never been blessed before. Don't turn what starts off as obedience and make it a sacrifice. You sit there and say, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you and I'm going to obey you like never before because I will not compromise. I won't. And friends, hear me today as I pray for you. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you. Because this was my assignment today. You'll get the rah-rah this week. My assignment is to raise the awareness of obedience in 2024. Matter of fact, it's my personal theme. 2024 is the year of obedience. You're one 
obedience away from the breakthrough you've been wanting. And when God gives it to you, don't let what started off as obedience that you call it now a sacrifice. He's done too much for you. Don't forget where you were to where you are. He's done too much for you. And he's going to trust you this year. And he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Not to get busy, but to be fruitful. He wants to make you the display of his goodness. And all you have to do is obey. That's it. And he will take you places no eyes have seen, no ears heard. That you'll be in awe of all that the Lord has done for you. You'll be amazed and enamored looking at yourself and saying, how can this happen to me? I know who I used to be and I'm not qualified for all these blessings. But what man disqualifies, God requalifies. It's what he does. And I'm telling you, I carry in a burden this year. But he's going to give you so much. And don't allow what he places in your hands to stop you from the things that got you where you were. You make your prayer life non-negotiable. You tell people, you, I'm not picking up my phone until 7 a.m. You don't make church an option. You keep it a priority. You don't serve. You don't stop serving because you got too busy. No, you keep on serving. Don't turn what starts off as obedience into a sacrifice. And when God blesses you, don't sit there and say, Lord, that's too much. I've never given that much. No, remember, you never had that much. Don't allow what is obedience to become a sacrifice. Come on, are you hearing me today? Come on, stretch your hands right now. I went through a season a few months ago where this series was birthed in me. I flew home from New York. I had to wake up early to drive two hours to one of our campus to preach to 150 people. And I'm driving. And I'm telling myself, why am I doing this? I could have just called a pastor. I'm the senior pastor. I could just call someone to do it. And the Lord rebuked me. He said, son, what are you saying? Lord, I'm tired. He says, you think I've opened up these doors to make you tired? 
And then he spoke those words. Don't. Do not. What started off as obedience turned to a sacrifice. You're not driving to this campus because of sacrifice. You're driving because of obedience. And it, it convicted me. And he says, son, if you want to stay a David, don't take on the characteristic of Saul. And I repented. Come on, as your hands are stretched, say, dear Jesus, forgive me for not being fully obedient. This year, I give you every area of my life where I haven't been fully obedient for you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. And now I dedicate my life to you that I ask you that you'll give me the strength and the energy and the anointing for every assignment that you put before me. Give me the confidence to say no to what is good so I can say yes for what is great. 2024 will be my year in Jesus' name because I'm walking in the obedience of God in Jesus' name. Now with your hands stretched, may the Lord bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you. His blessings go before you. I bless you and your children and your children's children. I bless your business. I bless your place of employment. I bless your marriage. I bless your relationships. That this year will be the greatest year and your greatest turnaround. And for some, your greatest comeback because you choose to obey the voice of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. You give it up for Pastor Obed. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Listen, Pastor Obed already blessed you. You're blessed. We'll see you tomorrow night here, Monday night. See you tomorrow.